Here's Aguero. He's done it. Sergio Aguero. The fairy tale finale in the Premier League. The 2020-21 season is finally over, so it's time for a six-way end-of-season pod. We discuss our seasons, the key things we've learnt, we have the Iceman's quiz returning, we confirm the final results for our surgery mini-league and reveal who took home the £100 cash prize. We have questions from both our Slack channel and Twitter before rounding this one off with some ludicrous rapping. (laughs) Welcome back, FPL Surgery listeners, to episode 217. Like I just mentioned, it's the end of season pod, and as always, and for the last time... As a co-host, I'm here with Josh. Good evening, Rich. Good evening. Um, I, I guess we should get straight into this one. Well, yeah, um, I don't think we've got much uh, much time to chat. We've got a, a lot of guests on. Yeah, but I'm, no, I'm really looking forward to this. So let's let's get straight into it. So the first headline is everyone's going to sum up in three words their FPL season, just like you did last year, and then tell us your overall rank. So we'll start with you, Josh. Okay, so overall rank for this season was 42k. Uh, summed up in three words, I'd say good, not great. That's quite boring. Three words, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a pretty it's 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 decent. It's you know, it's satisfactory, but it's not it's not you know a memorable one. It's not one that's uh, been up there with with my best finishes. So uh, yeah, that's that's my words to describe it. Fair enough, fair enough. And um, the Iceman is back. Thank you, Rich. Nice to be back. Uh, Unfortunately, though, again, I've had a terrible season and my rank is 449k. And my three words are just go optimal. (laughs) So so you're finally agreeing with Stefan. (laughs) We'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, yeah, unfortunately, I am. (laughs) Well, it's good, good to have you back. Thank and you. also also the next person that that's Stefan. Hi there Stefan. Yeah, hello. Good to good to be back and uh, especially after this season. So I finished 150th, 50th, yeah. And uh, I'm going to use Josh's words but uh, put them in another order and say great not good for the for the sum up. <laughs> it's better than great. It's much better than great. Unless you got aims to finish even higher than 150th next season. Hey, it, it was great. Isn't great great? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. Now, we've also got Ross from FPL Merch. Hi there, Ross. Hi, Rich. Do you have your three words and, you, oh. and your overall rank? Obviously, last time you were on, which was, what, last week now, you were yeah, just inside the top 100k. I, th- I think everybody's going to get bored of me, aren't they? Um, no. <laughs> my, my rank was 84k and my three words were a tough slog. Nice, nice. I mean, yeah, I mean, looking at your rank, I wouldn't think it's a, a tough slog, but I guess it has been a tough yeah. season for many, more, more, I'm still m- jealous. <laughs> more the case of the season in general, I think, as opposed to how I finished up with, I, I was pretty happy in the end, to be honest, but yeah, it was, it was a long one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit, I'm glad, I'm glad it's over, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> now we've got a pod debut from FPL Doodles, so Jeremy, so w- welcome to the pod, Jeremy. Hi, yeah, you're all right. Yeah, good. No, it's, it's nice to finally speak to you after so long. Yeah, and uh, it's really weird to be on the pod as well. <laughs> <laughs> Usually listening to it on my commute to work, and now I'm actually on it, and I'm going to sound awful with my Midlands accent compared to all you lot. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it, and it sounds different. Some people think me and Josh sound the same, and I hate that. 
<laughs> Josh has got a, re- a really relaxing voice. It's weird. You can sort of chill out to his voice, can't you? So I think he could read kids' bedtime stories or something. Maybe that's what he'll be doing in future. That's what he's planning on doing, isn't he? <laughs> that's next, that's <laughs> next season, mate. CBB's bedtime stories. Really? So uh, watch out for me. I'll be <laughs> sat next to Mr. Tumble. He's ranks out the window next season then. <laughs> yeah. How how was your season though, Jeremy? What what's your rank and what three uh, words would you use? Oh dear. I'm not gonna swear. Right, six hundred and ninety one thousand <laughs> I finished, which is very very bad <laughs> i just couldn't get it right this season I, st- I had a bad start and it just carried on from there i had a good finish but it's too late it's too late so yeah not very really good well I, I can make you feel better with that jeremy because my my ranks my ranks were <laughs> um, so i finished 750k despite getting four green arrows in a row so i was trying to think of three words and actually thinking about it, the three I've got written down might sound a bit offensive, but I've got um, <laughs> down the pod. <laughs> down the pod. Down the pod. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not blaming the podcast. You know, getting to speak to a very good manager every week should make me do better, but it didn't. So that's that's what I'm going to blame. I, I thought the same, mate. When when I got my first terrible rank last year, I thought, yeah, I'll just blame the podcast. Easy one. This year, I can't really do that. So. Yeah, it's just poor play. <laughs> I mean, you're still doing stuff for the pod, so maybe 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 that's an excuse. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, we both use the excuse. Yeah, let's go with that. Down it's the down, pod. Down pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get on to our second headline. Um, so, what is the key thing you have learnt this season? Now, if we start with you, Josh, what what takeaways have you got from this season? I've got a few really, um, but. I'm going to, the key one I'm going to go with, and it's probably stuff that people have heard before, but I think it's something that everyone needs to really think about, um, is that the, the FPL Twitter template is not the actual template. And by that, I mean, you know, for example, like Game Week 38, um, you know, quite a, quite a, uh, um, a typical move that I was seeing on Twitter and I, I did, I did myself, uh, I think I heard it on a few podcasts and I actually thought of, thought of it sort of a few weeks in advance was, was Bruno Tamane. Um, and I think therefore a lot of people thinking, oh, you know, is Mane going to be differential enough? I think I heard Mark say it on black box, you know, is, is Mane therefore going to be differential enough? And, you know, we're talking about a guy who's 6% owned going into game week 38. You know, even if he was the top transferred in player that week, he's only going to go up to like 15%, maybe 20 tops. And um, I think, you know, we just need to think that when uh, you see, you know, a bunch of people on 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 you know, Twitter go for, you know, the the new emerging player who's who's hit form, whether it be, you know, Chris Wood or Gundogan or, or, or whoever, you know, don't treat that as, well, that's what the other 8 million players are going to be doing because they're not. And FPL Twitter is a very, very, very small percentage of the game. Um, you know, I don't know what we're talking. One percent is it? Is it even that? Um, and and therefore, yeah, don't don't look at. You need to go away from what these guys are doing to essentially climb the ranks because you don't at all. I mean, yeah. by all means, if you don't agree with what they're doing, yeah, great, do something different. But 
yeah don't don't look at, at what they're doing and think that that's what the majority are because if I'm honest with you the majority of players who play the game in, in FPL are are casuals or people that don't take it as seriously don't think about it 24-7 like we do um, and equally um, you know aren't privy to all the same information that we're uh, that we access on on, on Twitter I totally agree with that Mane. I think that's a great point because you know, a lot of people were looking at the Mane in terms of the Slack, you know, in t- inside Slack, we've got people going, yeah, why is Mane's a good move? And see it all over Twitter, all on the podcast. And we think, yeah, maybe it's, you know, too many people are doing the move, but yeah, doing the move yeah, really did help because he only hit the, um, he's on 8.2% ownership now. So he didn't go up that much at all. So it shows that he was a big differential. And, you know, when you bring him in and captain him as well, that would really shoot you up. So, yeah, totally agree with that point. Great point. Cheers, James. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's um, that's that's my key one. Uh, there's a few others, really. L- little ones, I think... Um, we need to we need to think about um, you know just 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 really scrutinise your team and every every move you make um, you know in terms of you know every, every decision you you make every every you know when you're playing that first wild card you know scrutinise every single player why you know because every mistake you make as as, as Stefan would probably say will, will lead to something else down the line so for example. You know, we'll bring up the uh, very much aforementioned Seamus Coleman, who I thought had who had an incredible man of the match performance game week one. I've always liked him as a player. He's very attacking and he's, you know, he's captain. And, 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 and I thought, I'm going to get him in my, my game week two wild card. He's, you know, he's a million cheaper than Luca Dean. He's just as attacking, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you... I think we just need to every every single move you make, whether it be on wildcard, whether it be a transfer, you're investing in that player, right? And you don't want that player for one week or two weeks. You want that player for long term. Okay. If you don't have them for long term, it's gonna mean that you're gonna use an additional transfer taking them out. You might need to have another you know, might need to take a minus four to get rid of them, or you may need to bring someone in from your bench if they been dropped or they're injured um or you know what wh- whatever it may be so i just think yeah when you know the, 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 we only have 15 slots in our team and and you need to think there, there's so many players so many players to choose from but you can you only own 15 so you're essentially obviously money permitting picking the best 15 for your team in your opinion the best 15 value players in the game you don't need to be going and chasing you know uber differentials you know and and really looking outside the box you know there's 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 20 teams in the league so essentially you know you pick the best player from a few teams so why did why did you pick brewster <laughs> Brewster, Brewster is your fodder. <laughs> Brewster is the fodder, and Brewster and any of those players, four point five, Brewster, Bissuma, you know, who pick whoever you want. I will own a four point five million midfielder or, or, or forward next season, and they one hundred percent game week one because they are the perfect third bench option that doesn't take any 
uh, any money up and it means that you play your best attacking seven every week um and that for me is the best stru- way to structure your team but what i mean is you know i think yeah just scrutinize every everything you do and every pick you make because you know say for example game week 30 um 36 i think it was when city played newcastle and i know a lot of players were very tempted or you know i'll, I'll bring in foden or mares or or whatever and the players you know the people that brought in those players who then didn't start but then played game week 37 and then they weren't sure whether they were going to start in 38 at the time it seemed great newcastle oh, it could be a big upside here you know, unless you're captaining, really, it's it's you're going to see the problem further down the line. And that's that's what I mean, as in, you know, every bad mistake, every mistake of any sort that you make, there will be, you know, you, you will feel that later on down the line, whether it be in, in the form of, you know, having to transfer them out, hits, benching them, whatever. And I just feel that, yeah, there's only 15 slots in your team. Make sure you are going for the key players in the game and you don't need to look too far outside of that you know the trick though josh is trying to drop on those players at the right time it's like it's like trying to surf a wave isn't it like just catch that wave at the right time ride it and then jump off it when it's when it's finished and, and these players have these breaks don't they, they oh yeah very they, much they, so they hit the form and some people are just on them from 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 the moment they hit that form they ride ride them out for the, the few games four to five games that just bang in and then they, they get off them. I mean, I hung on to Bruno for way too long, way too long. I had him in my team. He's just like turning out twos and threes. I was so scared to get rid of him. And I just know a lot of the guys who I was competing in the mini leagues, they just they just jumped off him at the right time and then put another player. And that, mm. that, 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 that was the truth. That's their success, really. What the, what the, they I were think it's more of a... You know, obviously, Bruno ended up being the, the top scoring FPL player in the game this season, just narrowly pipped Kane by uh, that phantom assist in game week 37. But um, I think really it's, you know, you've got your you got your mainstays in the team that they're in there most of the season, the Brunos, the Salas, um, etc. I think it's, you know, it's more the the more budget players that are the ones that you've got to really ride the wave with more, you know, the mm. good games, the, the Chris Woods, um, you know, the, one, yeah. the Ian Nachos, the players like yeah. that, that you just got to go, right, this guy is in red hot form and jump yeah. on there and then. But yeah, what, what I mean is, you know, I, I don't think you, you know, really you're picking 15. Yeah. But you're picking 15 from what a pool of really, I don't know, 50 players, 60 players. You don't need to go, into the depths of Seamus Coleman um, and, uh, you know, whoever else that, that that aren't within that pool of fantastic value players. Um, so those would be my main two, really. How do you feel about your game to wildcard, George? I, was, uh, I remember I was quite against it when you proposed it at the start yeah. of the season. I gave me two wildcard was fine actually. I didn't, I, I, you know, actually a lot of the decisions that I made on that were, were, were ended up working out really, really well. Um, you know, I brought in Emmy Martinez on the game week two wildcard. That was amazing. Uh, stayed from stayed for the whole season until game week two wildcard. Uh, so uh, until my second wildcard. Um, uh, brought in DCL. That was great. Uh, brought in Dallas. That was great. Um, so there was there was you know a lot of decisions that that, that were really good on it. So I, for me, I had a bad start to the season, and I feel like my 42k could have 
been easily a top 10k if I'd have got off to a better start um but I don't feel it was really the the game week two wildcard which was the issue I feel it was more what I did in game week three by tripling up on City and tripling up on Wolves I took a minus eight in game week three to triple up on City with Sterling KDB and and whoever the third one was, Foden. And then I also was tripled up on, on Wolves with um, Sice, Podence and Jimenez. And they were just two teams that were in bad form. Um, and yeah, just just was in, just spiralled downhill quickly from there. Um, coupled with some injuries and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I'd put it down to more my, my aggressiveness in game week three. Um, and, and getting on triples up sort of teams that I probably hadn't got enough info on yet, really. And I, I sort of jumped in two feet in the deep end, whereas we'd seen City play once. And yeah, don't get me wrong, they were fantastic against Wolves in game week two when they beat them away from home. But it wasn't enough info to be going right in all in on a minus eight to get get you know a triple up it was you know you need you need info at that stage in the season and info should be you know you know one transfer each week until you've seen more evidence that yes this this is worthy of of, of more investment I, th- I think i mean taking that start of the season aside you've had a very very good season i think it's been a difficult season and the start of the season's the hardest time to get things right as well like you said with needing more information etc but i think all in all you're probably very happy with that season and there's some really good lessons learned there josh so we'll move on to should we go to you ross um do you have any key things you've learned this season <clears throat> yeah um one thing that i noted and that was to not let EO affect my decision-making so much. Um, because I, I think being on Twitter, you just see see it everywhere. See how much a player is owned. And then with your decisions with captaincy making, some player is 180% owned. And you think, well, if I'm if I'm not going to captain this, I'm, I'm going to kind of really, really suffer. Um but I've noticed that some sometimes that I've been forced to make a move like that based on EO, I've I've really regretted it and just thought back and I thought that is not is not what I want to kind of bring on to next year. Um, I, I remember actually some, something that Stefan said, um, in last season's pod, um, where he said something along the words of um to let the people ahead of you make the mistakes um and because i had such a terrible start um i was about 4.8 million after four game weeks um i really thought oh i need to i need to find ways to gain um along with other people so i wanted to find differentials but i i really thought um no, I'm just going to let other people make the mistakes and play my own game. And slowly but surely it worked. And I kind of went up and up to to where I finished off with it, which was 80,000, which was what I was happy with. But I realised that I could have done a lot better than that had I just kind of heeded this advice. Yeah, Steph, Stefan annoyingly has a lot of good advice, doesn't he? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I'm not I, sure about the EO thing though, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a bit torn there whereas how important it is. And, uh, it's it's nice to know, isn't it, EO? I think um, I, I loved the game before we knew it, as in I love just playing, you know, blind of EO and just, you know, going with your gut and your thought, you know. Honestly, did I want a Captain Salah game week 38? Not really. I never liked Captain Salah. Absolutely hate it. But you know, do you, at my rank at the time, do I want to go against an 180% EO Salah on the last day of the season? He comes off with a hat trick. It's completely bombed my season from all the hard work that I've done in the in the last, you know, God knows how many weeks to to build up exactly. to where I was. Yeah, you have to remember mm. that he's won 80 EO because he's the absolutely clearly best captain for this game week. Mm. And yeah. you, can't, you yeah. can't say anything else just because Mane outscored him. This is a game of variance and every oh. single week there will be some kind of setup. So if you, even if you captain the top pick from the algorithms and stuff each and every week, it's not likely that he's going to end up being the top scorer. So... I just think, uh, in regards to EO, I think n- not captaining the best player because you want to differentiate is a horrible strategy in general. It's yeah. like, why why do you want to give away, give every opponent who captains the best player uh, an advantage? I don't get that at all. And for every time you look at Twitter and you scroll down and someone has captained... Uh, I got into some, into some discussions previously. Go on, uh, use Trossard. Go on, use Trossard. Go on. Yeah, Trossard is an example. <laughs> and and in that discussion, we also had uh, the the Bale triple captain who came in good. But but for every Bale and every Trossard, you try maybe five, ten different other players which who fails, and you don't mention on Twitter, and people don't mention on Twitter. Whereas I'm sat there captaining Salah, Salah, Bruno, Kane, Salah, Bruno, and Racking up the points. Mm. See, I, I can Just I can every, agree with every that. Every single week. So. I can agree with that, but I can also disagree with it as well because <clears throat> there are some days or some game weeks which everything is pointing towards one person. Like you've got uh, the fixture, the form, the uh, the management, and how maybe a new manager has, has come in, something like that. Mm-hmm. There are so many different elements which can then point to someone else. And like the, the Trossard one, which you used, for example, there was a lot pointing at Trossard for some reason. I don't know why it was, but I think there was, there was various reasons. So I can kind of see those ones. I know the, the, optimal way would be to captain Salah or whoever it was that game week who was probably more owned and uh, everyone's more likely to captain but I can see the point of view of going for that player that you think is going to score more so I can see the argument it's safer to play your way uh, and just go for that player which you know you know everyone's going to be captain and type of thing but if you have the feeling that you know that that player has got a lot going for him then I can definitely understand it yeah, I can understand, and, and I, yeah. I, I can I can respect everyone playing FPL the way they like. I, I, they can play every which way they like, and I, I don't bother. But if you're talking about trying to do the best possible uh, way to play FPL and get the most points, you shouldn't do that because even when you start to dabble and look at it and think, ah, oh, maybe it, it's it's going to be a good game for game week for Trossard. He he can get something. He has done something. I've seen some stuff. But when you do those kind of things, you probably do that all the time, and that uh, not, will... not necessarily. That's that's the thing. That there's the argument there is that it yeah, can but, just but be every so often type of thing. I, I, yeah, but I doubt that 
those who uh, deliver or actually consider captaining Trossard uh, doesn't do that for other players, transfers and other captains. Uh, if, sure, if you do it for one gimmick, I know this one, uh, this uh, FPL Sigurd uh, guy, he, he did that one captain for uh, for Trossard and haven't uh, deviated from from it uh, more than once. And, yeah. Uh, okay, it was for fun. He, he yeah, it was also very meme um, of it, and uh, he was making fun of it, and and that's fine, and everything's fine. But uh, it was but, a unique it, game week as well because it was the blank, wasn't it? And we knew the Brighton hmm. Newcastle game was, yeah. was was the real standout fixture. But I think for me, it's 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 one of those where if I do go Trossard, and I think everyone else that week, and me included, went Kane. I think it was. Um, you know, and 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 like, and like you say, Stefan, you know, goes away from the typical premium big hitting players. I think if it comes off, yeah, you feel like you know, you you feel like the best you're ever going to feel in FPL. Of course you do, but if it doesn't, you feel like, why did I do that? Like, why would why did I think Trossard was going to outscore Kane? Like, what am I doing? I've got this, you know. <laughs> 11 million striker who's playing in arguably his best you know statistical <laughs> season ever for Spurs versus Trossard who doesn't even get in the team last season at parts do you know what I mean so yeah. um yeah. you know and I think that's well, that's what it comes down yeah. to it's, it's can you live with it if it doesn't work out and if I'm honest with you no. I can't, no I can't. I'm just no I would be in the woods in 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 round the corner from me and you'd be in the woods in Norway Stefan yeah. I'm very similar like that you know but I, I and exactly. so for me just, that's yeah. another reason why I wouldn't do it I just want can I just I just want to clarify my point as being it it wasn't based on upside chasing it was actually the opposite it was if you don't let EO affect your decision making, then you are more likely to bring in the best player, regardless of its ownership, because it can have the the like a different effect in as much as, oh, I don't want to bring in this player because he is highly owned, and then you choose a differential. But by by kind of not thinking about EO, it I was thinking that it would help me to. Uh, pick the best players moving forward next season. You know, when you, you know, mm. when you, when you pick your team and you look on Twitter and you see everybody's team looks pretty much the same as your team, and then you're even going to go and captain the same player that everyone's barking about on Twitter. Does that just feel a bit depressing yeah. and a bit boring? That's coming back to, to Josh's point. Yeah, it's coming back to Josh's point. You know, don't pay too much attention to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, honestly, you I mean really? You know, how many people are you following on Twitter? I'd say most of us follow. I follow a couple of hundred. I think maybe you might follow. You know, a few more, maybe five hundred at the most. Like it, it, it's such a small percentage. And you got to also remember everyone that's posting their team on a Saturday morning or Friday evening, whenever the deadline is. They're an FPL addict. You know, mm-hmm. they are paying attention to the game. They're listening to podcasts. They're reading articles. And the chances are they've probably also got in in their in their locker a really good a really good season finish at some point, whether it was last season or a couple of seasons ago. So, you know, you it's not like you're you're looking at people that are good guides of you know if your team looks the same as theirs, cool. I'm probably going along the right lines here. Do you know what I mean? And 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 therefore, 
you know, the chances are you should be in for a, a you know, a, a, mm. a fairly good game week. The funny thing with Salah, because Salah's always the example. He always tops all the algorithms, doesn't he? But And I'm looking through my captains, and I know, I know I'm very conscious I captained Ben Rama last week, which could probably be thrown in with, like, a Trossard captaincy. <laughs> but Salah, who I've captained seven times, is actually my second-worst captain of all 13 on average. Mm. Only Gundogan has a lower one. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think Salah would be my worst yeah, captain seven times. And he was my triple he's had captain one, as well. One goal. So yeah. I've captained him twelve times. <laughs> yeah, so you can. I mean, you can go against it if you pick the right people. Um, I mean, I I tend to when I go for a differential captain because I've been chasing most of the season. It's been players like Vardy. Earlier in the season, it was Sterling a lot. There was a few Abamyangs, Fodens. So I mean, I think you can. Um, Ben Rama's the only one that stands out looking at my captains where I think, what what was I thinking? Why did I do that? But he's still averaging more points for me than, than Salah. He beat the premiums that week, <laughs> though, didn't he? Fractionally, yeah. but he beat yeah. them. Um, yeah. I think the thing is, as well, with um, with Salah is it's not been a typical Salah season this season. He's not been performing at home because Liverpool, Liverpool? Liverpool haven't been performing at home. Yeah, even though he's came second in the Golden Boot, and I think he came third in the point scorers after Fernandez and um, and Kane, Liverpool haven't been performing at home, so he's not been performing at home. Um, he, the whole Salah performing without Mane, I mean, the, um, the that came that that didn't really happen this, at the end of this season. At the start, it did, but at the end of the season, it didn't. So he's been. He's normally quite an easy player to predict. You know, you look at him playing a non-top six team at home, right, slap the captaincy on him. You should get one or two goals out of him. But this season, he's been really hard to predict. And therefore, I think he's actually been one of the worst premiums in terms of captaincies for people, really. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's just because you, you didn't captain, captain him often enough. I captain him 18 times. I just checked now. 18 wow. times. And and Kane 6, Fernandes 4, De Bruyne 2, Son 2, Gundogan 2, and then Vardy, Bamford, and Aubameyang once. So Salah, he gave me 14 points average. So 7 points plus the double for captain. And I even triple captained him for 4 points in the first double game week. So he, he didn't pay off me then either. But yeah, he's chipping away. Chipping away, and he gives you the points, and he... But what I mean is his his whole seven point average seven points average is is pretty good for a captain. What I mean is his hauls, right? He had six double figure hauls. For for Salah, I'd say that was low this season. It doesn't doesn't matter if he hauls. And and, and he only had one. He only had one from game week twenty two to game week thirty eight, and that was ten. So you know, it's, it's not typical Salah, is it, this season? No, but if you want to win a daily fantasy game, he wouldn't have been the greatest captain option this season from week to week. But if you want to do well in FPL, he averages averaged uh, seven points for me and probably the same for others. So I think that's pretty decent for a captain, seven points. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue with Stefan with with your rank as well. <laughs> yeah. So I, th- I think we just give that give that to Stefan there. <laughs> um, but if we go if we go on to thank thanks for those ones, Ross. Um, and if we go on to Jeremy, um, what's the key stuff that you've learned this season? Oh gosh, it's, it's been a tough one, hasn't it, this season? Um, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. So well, I don't know a high rank, but um, just try and play your own game. It's just I get so influenced by Twitter. Um, and I know Josh has said 
you know, you follow these people for a reason. They've got good insights and good advice, and I agree with it. But sometimes it, it, it clouds your judgment, and you're scared. You change your captain because you think you've. I know I had it on there, Mason Greenwood one one week, and everyone was like, "Oh, he'll be on the bench, blah blah blah." And I posted I was going to captain him, and I changed my mind, and he scored two goals. And it, I get swayed by Twitter, and sometimes it's, it's best to stick to your gut. But. Pff, uh, saying that, what's my gut told me this season? 691,000, not very good. So, I don't know. And, and, it's not just uh, who, who you don't listen to. I think you've got to choose yeah. who you, you think mm. you, you agree with and you, you know, keep to certain people that you agree with and, and listen to them. Like, it doesn't mean you can't listen to anyone, does it? Yeah. It hits as well. I, t- I, t- I take it a lot of hits early on trying to trying to chase points if, it, if i've got off to a bad start i'll take i'll take a lot of hits and that that, that kills my rank as well so. it could have been quite helpful this season with players like lingard and dallas going on going on crazy streaks i do wish sometimes i was a bit more aggressive so i guess it can work both ways maybe hmm. mm. really not not for me this season no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not definitely not but, uh, yeah I don't know. I've just I've, I've struggled this season with it. Really struggled. Um, had a couple of good previous seasons, but not this one. I just, uh, pff, just couldn't get it right this season. Captaincy is everything. So next, I have no idea how I'm going to play it next season. I just don't know. <laughs> no, we, at least we've got lots of time to decide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. Um, so if we come to you then, Stefan, uh, what what stuff have you learnt this season? Uh, well, I think it's a couple of things. Uh, first of all, do not make a podcast or come on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that totally messes up everything. So I think yeah, that's the most important one. But uh, after that, I I am usually patient. And I like to think that I should always wait and sort of buy information by waiting uh, on transfers. Maybe I, I won't get caught on some... Uh, Bad picks like Podens, for example, who I did brought in, in early along with a bunch of others. So uh, fight the formal, I guess. Uh, let the fear of missing out do. Wait with it a couple of weeks at least, so to see that the players are actually good before you buy them. But on the other hand, I've discovered um, after the FPL review updated its model for the for the season review. I found that I I actually take quite a risk uh, compared to some of my competitors. So my patient style sort of leads to me missing out on a lot of players. Like I, I barely owned the DCL this season. I didn't own Mane for last game week. Didn't own Bruno for game week 37. I didn't own Calvert Lewin for Sheffield United and Wolves. So by being patient, I think I maybe am missing out on some key players who could hurt me. And this season I was lucky they didn't hurt me too much. So I think. I, I sort of think I might have to be a bit more aggressive and cover cover a bit more of the the must must own guys like uh, Martinez for example. I never get on, got onto him early either, and just close my eyes and get the one that everyone else has got, so I, they won't uh, send me down the rankings. And, and other than that, the, the the lesson I mentioned last time I was on, uh, just take hits in blanks and doubles. Make sure you cover all the key assets and don't care about the hit points. Just uh, field the team or in the double, field the team of doublers and uh, get the right doublers and be be happy about it and don't care about the hits. And 
I think that's pretty much it. Uh, and uh, we got some uh, we got some questions from Slack. We should maybe answer them quick uh, as well. Because uh, I think Emma asked something about what what I think other people do wrong, and uh, what other people make as mistakes and or something like that. Um, well, how how other people play suboptimally, she said, and uh, and I'm not sure. First of all, I'm not sure what optimal play is. So this uh, thing about how just play optimal, uh, no one knows us opt- what optimal is, and I don't know it. But no one knows it. No computer knows it. So you you I'm, are my dictionary for optimal, Stefan. You are my dictionary yeah, for it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I play optimal at all, but I try, and I I try to learn how to play even more optimal than before if you, if you know what i mean and until some supercomputer breaks the game and figure out exactly what we should do i think striving to play optimal is, is a good strategy and um, uh, with regards to what others are doing wrong i think and what i see i think most of it is they play too fancy the, the fancy play syndrome i I did it myself. I still do it, but maybe not to uh, the extent that I have done before. I remember uh, last season, James, we, we both captained Pookie in the. In, I think, yeah. <laughs> that was the suboptimal way. <laughs> yeah, during Christmas, and, and I, I made made note of that because that was the last time ever I was gonna make something stupid like that and captain Pookie when I could captain. You convinced me. You convinced me on that one. <laughs> yeah, I might have done it, and and that's the thing. Just. Uh, learn from the mistakes and just stop that so uh, that's my main thing i think people still play too fancy they get too many fancy picks i think everyone who uh, got caught up with man city trying to guess pep the last uh, x amount of games since they won the league just it, it just doesn't make sense it's too fancy just stay away pick the good players you know gonna play uh, get the minutes uh, and 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 uh, and they will do well or at least better. You can get lucky, of course, but I don't think a good strategy is to try to get lucky because everyone can get lucky. Even the ones who play the most boring style of play can get lucky, as uh, I've shown this season. Has um, it been harder to play optimally with the game week so volatile? So, for example, we got a triple game week just randomly added, didn't we, that, that no one expected? Yeah, good question. Yeah, I, I was lucky there because I had a free hit. So I was planning to use the free hit in the double and I got to do it in the triple. So it worked out for me and I was lucky. And, and, and I think I have been lucky with all season. Yeah, of course I've been lucky all season. You, you can't <laughs> get this uh, high in the rankings without a big, big chunk of luck, really. So be lucky, maybe it's the best. The best uh, <laughs> yeah, Rich, yeah, think, come on, just yeah. be lucky yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> I'm trying. Too many fancy, fancy things. Like, uh, Rich, you, you did the you did the triple Chelsea defense early on. Yeah, it, it seems a bit too much. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. you might get stuck, and you did get stuck, yeah. and, and sort of stuff like that. And Josh uh, uh, mentioned his triple City midfield. It's like again, pick one, two. Maybe not go all aboard. Uh, the Chelsea, the, the Chelsea defender thing, because I, I really liked Chilwell and James, and it was just a case. I remember it clearly. I had to choose between Bellerin and Zuma, and I think I just wanted to get Zuma because not only it would stop me getting Werner and Havertz again. I think I was so scared that I'd end <laughs> up with to do them. something to stop you. <laughs> yeah, no, basically just force myself to not be able to own a Chelsea attacker, which wasn't Good a bad choice. idea. I just didn't expect. They all got dropped, didn't they? Eventually, those those three defenders. Yeah. Um, you jinxed them all. 
Yeah. So I guess that is the downside of, of triple ups. Yeah. But uh, I think the important thing is to remember that for every Trossard, there's a bunch of other guys we never heard about or that didn't come in. And most likely you're... Uh, Josh talked about the player pool being so big that you can have so many to choose from. And I think this game is a bit easier maybe than a lot of people think it is because the uh, pool of players they actually pick from are much, much smaller. We shouldn't yeah. really be looking That's at That's what I was saying. You know, 40, you, 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 got 15, you got 15 slots and, you know, really, you know, 50 or 60, I don't know, maybe that was a bit low, but maybe no more than 100 players should be considered, really. When does a player yeah. like Lingard come? So, obviously, we've got a pool of players, then someone like Lingard moves to West Ham. So, when does he become, like, a, a choosable asset, if that, if that makes yeah, sense? For, for me, I went pretty early on Lingard, and the reason was, and it brings up another important point, I think, is uh, if you're going to play FBL, the most important thing you you should be looking at, from my point of view, is the minutes. Make sure that everyone you buy or own or transfer in and captain are sure to get the minutes. And with Lingard, it was for me, he, he's going to play every game. He's a 100% nailed starter. He played in the blank game week uh, and he usually played uh, the full game or until he got cramps or something in the 80, 80 minutes. But uh, he, the short starter thing was the most appealing thing with Lingard for me, uh, really. Nice. nice. I think on that as well, and this is a weird, a weird thing to say, but I think appearance points in FPL are underrated. And I know that sounds weird, but you know, if you look at, um, you know, if you look across the season and you look at uh, um, players that are up there in, in points, you know, for example, James Ward-Prowse. So James Ward-Prowse is uh, eighth in midfielders. He's not really been spoken about that much. He's just trickled along, you know, yeah. got the points in. Jack Harrison, again, is sixth for the same reason. And, you know, Wan-Bissaka is the fifth highest defender. And it's just because they've they've played a lot and they've trickled the points in. And I think, yeah, it's not just players that are nailed, but players that play 90 minutes every game. It is It is underrated. And I think that... The whole incredible idea of, oh, you know, game week three, let's get Foden. He's such good value. He's going to be amazing. It doesn't matter if he only plays. Oh, it's funny you, you know. say Foden. Well, I've just done a stats comparison to him and uh, uh, Lingard. I'm just looking at who wins overall. Obviously, it's uh, it's uh, Jesse Lingard. But yeah, it's, 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 he's a classic example. Obviously, he got he got way more minutes towards the end of the season, and and, and has been one of the stars of of, of um, for City this season. But at the start, Pep wasn't giving him you know the starts and the minutes, and it's all great saying well, phone's great value, you know. But then you've you've got someone who plays who's a big fish in a little pond, you know, at the same price like James Ward Prowse, who's 90-minute man every week, and it's going to be tough for Foden to to, to beat him just purely because he's got just purely because he's in a team that scores more goals. You know, when Ward Prowse is consistently doing 90 minutes every week, so I do think that the appearance points weirdly are a little bit. We don't really think about them very much. It's all about goals, assists, clean sheets, and bonus points. But just to defend Foden. In. 
I've got to defend <laughs> Foden here because I had him for 12 games and he averaged he got 80 points, so average 6.66 points per game. Is that because yeah. you had the triple, triple captaincy on him now? I mean, that that helped. That helped. Yeah, it, I mean, was... you do have to get them at the right time. Yeah, plus you get subs in because mm-hmm. I remember once Foden didn't play and I got eight points from from Reece James. But obviously, I'm not going to argue it too badly because I've got the worst rank on the pod at the moment. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll move on to one of the other worst ranks. Ice oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I mean, like, the, there's various things I could say that I've learned from this year, but my main lesson is probably a terrible one, and I probably hate myself for saying it, but it is to follow the herd a bit more. And when I say the herd, maybe like the likes of what Josh has said, Twitter and you know, Slack, and what other people that you respect are thinking as well. And don't think that you're right about every player that you transfer in, but the most important thing is. Don't think you're right about every player that you don't transfer in. So don't be stubborn like I've been this year. And I think I have been last year as well, because there were a lot of bandwagons last year that people jumped on and it worked. And it's been quite similar this year. I didn't always join them. One of the bandwagons which I did join, which I felt strongly for because he had all the stats, was Gundogan. And that kind of worked. And it was... So it is playing the optimal way and <laughs> I hate to admit it because you know Stefan you were right I think at the start of the season we had a discussion of you know you shouldn't go for this player because you know it's not really the more, more optimal way and you were trying to swing me in that way and I think I veered away from it just because I thought well I'm right about this player so I'm going to go for this player and it turned out I might have been wrong you know the optimal way, way does work and it was the three years I finished in the top 10k uh, you know I do I didn't try to play the optimal way, but I think most of the time, subconsciously, I was playing it and I was just doing those things. But that year, I did something like, I think I captained Lacazette for one game week and then I got rid of him. It was like, a, I'll try that. It worked. And then I got rid of him. I think I was a little bit lucky like that, but I do think those occasions, you can go for it. Because yeah, it's only been towards the end of this season that I've been playing more the optimal way, going for the obvious players, obvious captains, bringing in those players which you know like Mane at the end of the season. I didn't do that, but like like those transfers, and I went from one million to three hundred k. Before that, I felt I wasn't really doing that. I still don't think you need to go totally optimal like Stefan thinks you can. You're going to crack the game completely. I do think you can go for these occasional players and mix it up a little bit. But, you know, I was still bringing in players like Aubameyang, Ings, TAA before the bandwagon started, you know, before I started actually pro- progressing up the ranks. Uh, I was actually looking at players like Rodrigo, you know, before he started scoring, like Rashford at the wrong time. Ziyech, that punt feeling I had on him, things like that. Some of these players, you know, are good, but you know, too many of them at one time is just not good at all. And it's it's recognising the, the players that you need to get in. For for example, Dallas, out position defender that I've never had this season. A bit like last season, I never had TAA. You know, I always thought that because of his position, he, you know. It was so flexible at the start of the season. He was probably going to lose his place in midfield. That obviously never happened, and he never lost his place and became the best defender to have. It's those stubborn choices that I just need to be like, right, just need to make that decision and then just do it because it's obvious by that point. So that is my lesson. Don't be stubborn. Stop being an idiot, Iceman. Some players must have them, aren't they? Some some players are like a no-brainer. For me personally, I've, I've got to own Salah. Mm. I've, I've got around Trent 
and then you, you know sort of the, there's three or four core players that you feel like you've 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 got to own from from day one, and then you sort of build build the rest around it. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I think just on your uh, bandwagon uh, mention, um, Iceman, I think that the the most important thing when it comes to that is that if you just take a step back from from whatever the bandwagon is and just look at the stats, and yeah. for me, that is the only thing that matters. You don't need to, you know, yes, you, you know, there is the eye test thing, which you can argue as well. But for me, a lot of the time, if, if a player's hit form, let's say Chris Wood, for example. So I know Stefan was on him recently, and I think that was one of the, probably one of your highlights of the season and, and, and one thing that really rocketed you up to to where you ended up finishing. But I think, um, you know, it's it's an example where you get these, these you know, like all Gundogan or Ian Acho, for example, you get these, you know, six to 6.5 million players they hit a bit of form. Lingard, another one. Um, have they got the stats to continue that form? And this is why at the start of the season, I argued massively against Sun because his stats were just not like you could not maintain what he, the, 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 the basically that the, he was putting away every single big chance. And he was massively, massively outperforming his XG. Um, and but then there's players like Ian Nacho who and Wood who have been topping the the shots shots in the box shots on targets XG for like weeks and it, you know it's going to continue for that reason they're getting the chances they're in red hot form um, and equally the same with Lingard I, I don't think I think Lingard was a little bit more sun than Wood and Ian Acho. Um, and and therefore obviously he 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 regressed um, and his points weren't too great towards the end of the season, but I think that yeah that'd be my number one thing of if anyone sat there going bandwagon okay is this player mm, do I go for him or do I not you know what do I do I think just you know everyone's probably got a membership whether it's Hub or Fantasy Football Scout you know jump on it. Have a look at the stats. Are they mate? You know, can they keep them going? And and you know, are they sustainable? And if that's the case, then I'd say they're probably a, a good bandwagon worth jumping on. I think. I, mean, I think the important point there is outside the stats. You can for stats you can basically just use the stats that the player has delivered over the last five seasons and not care about the last ten games or whatever. But a key thing about what you talked about now with bandwagons is with Gundogan, for example, he became a bandwagon and he became great value when there was injuries in the team, which meant his minutes were going to go up because he was a bit in or out of the team. He didn't have that many minutes, but on his run, he started 90, 90, 90, 90, 74, 90, 70, 90, 51, 90, 90, 90. And he was on pens as well. So that's another reason, of course. But the same with John Stones. Uh, when Laporte got injured, John Stones instantly became extremely good value because he got the minutes. He was he was going to get the 90 minutes each and every game, or pretty much each and every game, as, as much as you can get from City. So I think the bandwagons are just as much as uh, predicting which players will get the minutes and just trusting that the players are good. Like Iannaccio has always had good numbers. He's always created, always gotten XG, whatever, when he's played. But the problem is he hasn't played. So as soon as he became a sure starter for Brendan Rodgers and he's got got the 90 minutes, he's great value. 
you don't even need to look at the games as much because as soon as you know that Rodgers is going to trust him to start, Rodgers is going to trust him to get the minutes, he's good value, especially at that price he, he had. So I think, again, the bandwagons are... Uh, and again, with Son, as you mentioned, he, he doesn't have to have to have the best stats underlying when you know that Mourinho is going to play him 90 minutes each and every game. So, so again, the bandwagon thing comes from minutes. And, and I think the, the totals here for, for players are basically minutes-based. You can, you can swap out the points with minutes and, um, of course, disregarding all the defensive midfields and stuff and just go for minutes and you will get pretty much the same table. Like Ole Watkins, he's, he's fourth, I see, for forwards. And he's not been... He had this one hat-trick against Liverpool, but other than that, he hasn't done... Great stuff, but he kept playing 90 minutes, and that makes him good value. Even uh, pretty much, you can you can hold that kind of player for the whole season and be happy with it because uh, he plays a lot. So again, minutes minutes mm-hmm. is the key. I think sometimes it has to fall right for you as well because it's interesting you mentioned Stones and obviously Iceman mentioned Dallas, and they were two players that I didn't own the whole season. It's just the fact it was hard for me to get them in because I think I was I had Trent and Robertson for so long. And I just didn't have the space for them. And the same with Ianacho, really. I, I didn't get on him straight away because I had because I had Jamie Vardy. So it's it's quite tough that one. But um, I, I think a lot of my learnings are going to be quite similar to yours, James. Where you you've obviously mentioned um, being a bit less stubborn. But I, the reason I'm torn on it is I do want to try and be less stubborn. But I've had like really good seasons in the past by being stubborn i remember people bringing players like kane in for there was a game against cardiff and everyone was doing huge hits to get him in and he, he blanked and i didn't do that i think i ended up rolling so i was a couple of steps ahead um and i, and I know that's only one example but i don't know I, I want to be more and i think at the end of the season i was a bit less stubborn i got players like lingard in you know i admitted i was wrong and did a minus eight to get him in but that's that's fair enough with Kane, but it is like when, you know, the likes of Dallas is doing it week in, week out, and you're just like, you still haven't got him in, you still haven't got him in. So it's that's like, like you with one, one week season, thing. Where sometimes a defender, yeah, we always told, don't that. do a hit for a defender. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I should have done that, but then he got out of my reach, love, because it was just too expensive in the end. And But then it's like, should I, you know, tear up my team to, to get him? Maybe I should have in the end. Uh, there's certain players which you just got to be like, oh, just got to bite the bullet on it. But Whereas that, that Kane one isn't being stubborn. The Dallas one, though, is like Josh, Josh said about um, he always looks at stats. So I had Ailing. So why would I go for Dallas when they're putting up, you know, not the stats weren't that different. Mm. Obviously, one was heavily overperforming and one was, you know, he didn't get an attack in return, but put up pretty good numbers. I was just going to say, Iceman, you said this thing about Dallas getting too expensive. I'm just using... No, not Dallas. It was TA that got too expensive. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was just going to say, when it comes to certain players, you know, you, um, in terms of judging whether they are too expensive, I think a lot of the time we need to think um, about not um, them being, you know, paying more money than the other FPL players who got them at X price, I think a lot of the time you still need to think, are they value really? Um, that's all I was going to say about Dallas because he's still sat there at five. Oh, Dallas is definitely, yeah, he's been valuable. I mean, he's 5.5 million now, yes, but then he's the top scoring defender. Mm. Um, so, you know, even if he was seven, he's, he's arguably still value. 
yeah just go, just going back to that stubborn thing um so i'm <laughs> gonna try i'm gonna try and be a bit less stubborn but i'm gonna i'm still gonna be quite selective with it um because something that annoyed me towards the end of the season was i had trent and robertson and then i ended up you know i had a lot of people say why do you still have trent why do you still have trent and I knew why I had Trent. It was Mikel made a re- he made me laugh, didn't he? He put that thing where he said people have a memory of a goldfish with Trent and Robertson, and they're the best defenders yeah. in the game. Yeah. So that that was a big reason I kept them, and I kept them for so long, and pe- people kept questioning why I had them. And then I ended up removing them, and then two weeks later, Trent's you know essential. <laughs> kicked off again. Yeah. yeah. So I was so stubborn for so long, and then I went against it. And then you look at the top defenders this season. Funnily enough, Robertson's actually got one more point than Trent, but they're second and third behind Dallas. So I, I think I that's why I don't I want to be less stubborn, but at the same time, sometimes being stubborn's good. I mean, I when you kept Trent. I'm assuming Stefan yeah. had Trent a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I had him the whole season. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So I think I wasted a lot of transfers, you know, jumping between different players and maybe the triple Chelsea defenders didn't help. But so, yeah, I haven't given a very clear answer to my one, but I'm going to try to be less stubborn, but I'm not going to be like knee jerking all over the place, you know, chasing the template. I still want to play the way I've always played. It's, it's the it's the being patient on the players that you've got, but it's the it's the being stubborn on the players that you don't transfer in. I think is the most important thing. Like it's not the transferring the players out. Like you uh, you got rid of uh, TAA, um, and you were saying that's not being stubborn, but you can keep him, and then it's just the other players that you're not getting, like the likes of Dallas type of thinking. I think it's the it's, it's the other way around. Not not the transferring out, but the transferring in, which I think is the the stubborn part, which I need to work on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I, th- I think it's about being honest with yourself, isn't it? It's it's like you see, you can be stubborn with your own player, but if you really think deep down, well, is this other player performing better than the one that I have? And mm-hmm. if it is, then then yeah, go for him. I think also the stubbornness of, of not having too many preconceived thoughts on a player as well. Like Lingard, you know, a lot of us probably looked at him and, and, you know, let's be honest, he's been incredible for West Ham, but he was a bit of a joke before that in terms of barely playing for United and, you know, constantly posting silly dancing on Twitter and whatnot when he was actually never really getting out on the pitch. And I think a lot of the time you've almost got, you know, and even even the, the thing where you've owned a player who's burnt you in the past you know, I think every single player, you need to almost have a clean slate with every season. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, unless anyone else wants to chuck anything else in the ring, I think we'll go to the Iceman's quiz. The Iceman's quiz is back. Thank you, yeah. Rich. Wow. Uh, I have to scroll all the way down to the bottom of my document. Um, you bear with me two seconds. Yeah, right. So, <clears throat> Iceman's quiz. If you have played before, then you know the rules. I will give no options for the questions. You just have to shout your name, and uh, you, know, you only get one guess. So, after one guess, I'll open it up again. Uh, if you are incorrect and then other people can shout their name ready to go so is everyone clear on that yes you are okay yeah yep. <laughs> right <laughs> question number one which player has the most interceptions and tackles one combined yeah doodles doodles yeah go on Diaz. it is not Diaz. i'll open it up again rich go on rich basuma it is Basuma. Oh, hey. 
that's interesting of someone who I know listened to last year's pod and he knows yeah. that. No, I genuinely, genuinely, <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time on Twitter. <laughs> I I, uh, I know JNO last year cheated and, and looked at it last year and I've only had half an hour to put this quiz together. So I was like, make sure that no one cheated. I even asked Rich. So we'll see how this goes. Anyway, one, <laughs> 1.2 Rich. I'm just going to pause two sex it so i'm going to give you an edit because i haven't got the um uh, uh, okay right i'm ready now okay one point to rich uh oh fyi uh last year it was ndd uh who got the most and, and the year before that it was ndd again right question number two which player got the most bad touches this season Stefan go on Stefan Salah it is Salah Stefan didn't want to admit that he cried he loses the ball so much he never yeah. gets the bonus yeah that's the one <laughs> last year it was actually Joe Linton and Salah was eighth or ninth, I think. And then year before it was um, Zaha, and the year before that was Rondon. Right, question number three: Which player got the most long passes this season? Rich. Go on, Rich. Declan Rice. Incorrect. I'll open up again. Doodles. Go on, Doodles. De Bruyne. That's incorrect. Stefan. Go on, Stefan. Lewis Doug. Incorrect. Josh. Go on, Josh. Toby Alderweireld. That is incorrect. Mm. Last one to go is Ross. So uh, Ross has forgotten how to use his mic during the first three questions <laughs> of this quiz, but I'm uh, going to give I, you a chance to do now. Um, let's go with Trent. That is incorrect. Right. I'm going to give one more chance and one person can shout a name out. It's the most obvious thing every single year I say this it, it is a goalkeeper Stefan, Stefan, Stefan. Oh, Edison well, Stefan. Uh, I'm going to do Pope. You need Pope that is incorrect right I'm not ah. opening it up again it is Johnstone uh, oh, John St- I thought you said John Stones. John- <laughs> <laughs> Sam Johnston. Yeah. I made sure I said it correctly. John, John Stone. Stone. Uh, there's Ramsdale, Pickford, Pope is fourth, Stefan. Sorry. Then Martinez, Cody. Cody is up there, though. That's yeah. interesting. The year before, it was uh, Foster. And the year before that, it was Etheridge. And then Lossell the year before that. So it shows, looks like the relegated teams for the keepers there. Long, longest passes. Right. Question number four. Which team hit the woodwork the most? Josh. Go on, Josh. I think it was Spurs. That is incorrect. Uh, I'll open it up. Doodles. Liverpool. That's incorrect too. Rich. <laughs> Go on, Rich. Stefan, you're just behind every I time. I think, because it's Calvert-Lewin, it might be Everton. Uh, that's incorrect. Oh. Okay. Oh, wait, if, I can, if you can come back to me when, <laughs> Go, when go on, gone. Stefan. I'm going to try Leicester. That's incorrect. And Ross, who <laughs> again has forgotten let's how to. Get, let's go with Chelsea. <laughs> that is also incorrect. Yeah. Right, and open Josh, it up again. Josh, John, Josh. West Ham. Uh, is West Ham joint first with Aston Villa on 19, Tottenham on 18? So you were close. Oh, Antonio. Yeah. Antonio. Yeah, it's Antonio. Big target, man. Yeah. I think he won the Golden Post. 
Him and and Watkins, yeah. Believe it or not, last year it was Man City, and then the year before that it was Chelsea. The year before that was Man City again. Sterling. (laughs) Right. Question number five. Uh, Who got that? Josh. Josh did. So, question number five. Which player has got the most shots off target this season? Josh. Come on, Josh. Neil Morpay. Incorrect. Rich. Come on, Rich. Let's go, Salah. That's incorrect. Doodles. Come on, Doodles. Ollie Watkins. Incorrect. Stefan Ross left. Uh, am I going to pick? Uh, shout your name first one of you two. Ross, it would be, be great if you could shout your name at least once. <laughs> I'm waiting for the optimal, <laughs> optimal moment. Timo Werner. You've got to shout your name first, guys. Yeah, it's going to be. Timo Werner. That's incorrect. Stefan. What's Stefan? Stanford. That is incorrect as well. He came second. Right, move it up again. Oh, good guess. Doodles. Don Doodles. Mane. Incorrect. He came Stefan. fourth. What's Stefan? Has Watkins been picked yet? Yeah, I said yeah. Watkins. Oh, and I have no... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't with Lewin, okay. I'll take Calvin. No, that's incorrect. Rich. Go on, Rich. Let's go KDB. Incorrect. Josh. Go on, Josh. Bruno. Incorrect. Ross. Go on, Ross. Jay Adams. Incorrect. Is it a free-for-all now? Yeah, go for it. Doodles. Go on, Doodles. Son. No. Incorrect. Rich. Kane. Rich. Yeah, it's Kane. Rich. Oh, it's Kane. Oh, no way. <laughs> That is nuts. <laughs> uh, he's got 56 shots off target this season. Bamford in second with 42. Salah in third with 38. Then Mane in 35. Boyle was clear as well. Wow. And yeah. he won the golden boot. Last year it was Raul Jimenez, then De Bruyne, then Salah. Uh, year before that, Mitrovic. Uh, year before that, it was Kane. It would so have been he, Mitrovic if he'd have played every game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, question. Right, so Rich is on two, uh, Stefan's on one, and Josh is on one. Doodles and Ross not even playing Yay. the game. <laughs> Troy, Troy. Yeah, Troy. Right, question number six. Which player got the most throw ins this season? Oh, God. Yeah. Josh. I mean, go on, Josh. Trent. Incorrect. Open up again. Stefan. Go on, Stefan. Robertson. Incorrect. Go on, Let's open up again. Rich. Go on, Rich. Luke Shaw. That's incorrect. Ross. Go on, Ross. Matty Target. Hey. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I almost feel like you Googled it. But Jeez, <laughs> I honestly, honestly didn't. <laughs> I, <promise. laughs> I just right, remember so. seeing him take loads of throw-ins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what you got to do Arnold, to win that one? Alexander Arnold and Robertson were fourth and fifth, uh, and Samadio was second. Kufau was. I think it was Trent last year, wasn't it? It was Trent last year. Yeah, yeah you're right. And that's Asper Claire, second. It's always pullbacks. Uh, and the year before that was Charlie Taylor. The year before that was Norton. So yeah, it's always a fullback. Right, question number seven. Rich still leading with two. Which player did the most tricks, as judged by optics? <laughs> <season? laughs> tricks. <laughs> Josh. I think Doodles was first yeah. there. Rafina. I'm looking at this and 
for some reason I haven't actually put the oh I have sorry no that's incorrect Josh go on Josh Alanson Maximum it is Alanson Maximum uh, oh, I thought because yeah. of minutes he wouldn't be up there yeah no but guess how many it is three tricks yeah. uh, the whole season three tricks year before it was Aurier with five the year before that was Rondon with four, and then the year before that was Hazard with seven, and what's, Ali what's had six. What's eight. the definition of a trick? Oh, that's not good <laughs> again. I'm not doing this. Right, question number eight. Josh and uh, Rich, the hosts, are both on two. So, question number eight is: Which player had the most handballs this season? It's not going to be a goalie, is it? <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Incorrect. Rich. Go on, Rich. Harry Kane. Incorrect. Okay, <laughs> <Kane> for everything. <laughs> I was just thinking of that bail goal. <laughs> Come on, Doodles, Josh and Ross. One of you got a sure. guess. Handles, um... David Luiz. You got to say your name first. Josh, David Luiz. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that sound so weird? <laughs> Is it a goalkeeper? There's no clue. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Gambles. Come on, Ross. All right, Ross. Uh, Go on, Ross. <laughs> Go on. Um, oh, I've forgotten it now. Good. <laughs> doodles. Oh, you, yeah. Go on, Doodles, because Ross Mings. is... Mings. incorrect. Go on, Ross. You have to D- say something. Diaz. Was it incorrect? Right, I'm going to give you a bit of a clue first. So I'm going to list the last years uh, and the order and then see if you can get it. Right. So last year's was Antonio was top. Raul Jimenez, uh, Saka is up there. So what clue does that give you that it might Rich. be? Rich. Go on, Rich. Calvert-Lewin. Incorrect. But you're on the right lines. Josh. Stefan. Oh. Richarlison. Incorrect. Stefan. <laughs> I thought it was Go on, Ross. Jamie Vardy. Incorrect. Oh, I'm just so yeah, <laughs> You can't go again. I've got to leave the uh, doodles and oh. um, yeah, doodles to go. Go on, doodles. Yeah. Oh. You have to select someone. Come on, he, big forwards who play plays up front. I'm giving him a clue because he's got no points. Big forward plays up front. That's, that was the clue for last year's. It was uh, Antonio who was a big forwarder, uh, Jimenez, Saka, yeah. not so much. but <laughs> Wood? It is Wood, yes. Right. Yeah, he's, he's off the mark. mark. He's off the mark. <laughs> right, so we've got the last question now. So it's on Rich uh, and Josh and everyone else has got um, a point. And if, it, uh, if one of you guys get a point, then it will go to a decider. So question number nine is which team conceded the most fouls this season? Rich. Go on, Rich. Sheffield United. Incorrect. Open up again. Stefan. Stefan. West Bromwich. Incorrect. Can I open up again? Doodles. Go on, Doodles. Fulham. It is Fulham. Oh, Doodles. Come from nowhere. Yeah, come from nowhere. That that means, Stefan and Ross, unfortunately, you are out of this last (laughs) question, which is the decider. uh, And whoever is going to answer first gives the others uh, an easier choice so you guys who wants to go first on the amount of fouls Fulham conceded well it is Josh's last episode 
but you are host. You know, <laughs> present. <laughs> The dude was no just one guess, you know, guests should go first, really. No one they? wants to go first. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose someone to go first. Josh, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what sort of number to suggest. Uh what is closest to it? I'm gonna go Yeah. God. Uh 312. Okay. And Rich or Doodles, who wants to go next? Um, 328. Okay. And Doodles? Well, I'm thinking, how many would they concede per game? Times of the game. Okay. <laughs> uh, 356. And Doodles wins. Nice. Because, <laughs> because it was actually 484 fans. Wow. What a comment. Oh, wow. Way more then. <laughs> so well wow. done. Yay. Well done, Jeremy. That was, that something was incredible right. right there. The last <laughs> three, correct. Wow. What a comeback. Yeah, well done. Cheers. That's the end, end of your last <laughs> quiz. I'm desperate for a piss, so... Let's move this long, Rich. Yeah, so let's go to the Iceman's Piss Break. And, of course, it's sponsored by FPL Merch. Ooh, no fast-forwarding now. I'll keep that, Ben. Yeah, I'm going to go as well, Me actually. Me too, yeah. <laughs> Same. Welcome back to FPL Merch Radio. Now, before we get to our callers, I just want to remind the listeners of our main talking point today, loser forfeits. So are you an FPL loser? Do you have any friends at the bottom of your mini league? And what is their forfeit? Let's take a call. Line one, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you from? All right, mate. How's it going? Well, James from Norwich, we are asking people today, are you an FPL loser? Oh, for God's sake. What? What? Uh, am I being recorded? I feel like I'm being recorded. Mm, 800k overall rank, not looking good, James. And I also heard you recently lost your job. Dave, if you're doing the FPL merch advert, I am part of FPL merch now, and I don't remember approving anything like this. Well, since you're such a loser this season, James, we're going to offer you loads of FPL merch forfeit goodies courtesy of FPLmerch.com. We've got a tiara, wooden spoon, even a car bumper sticker that says FPL loser on board, honk to remind me, and loads more. You happy with that, James? I'm not happy with any of this. I'm telling you now, if this sees the light of day... You are very welcome. Thanks for calling. And he's going away with that FPL merch goodie bag. Remember, folks, FPL merch isn't just for the winners. It's for the losers, too. Just like James. Keep a lookout for loads of embarrassing loser forfeits on FPLmerch.com. Available from Gaming 37 onwards. Welcome back, listeners. So thanks again, Iceman, for that quiz. That was a lot of fun. And we'll go straight into our questions. So we've got another question for you, Stefan, on Slack from Alex Ball. First of all, he's asking if you're joining us on the pod, which you are. And he'd love to hear your thoughts on what led to this season being so successful for you. I think the most important answer is I was lucky. It's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's really, you need to emphasize that I was lucky. And that's the main reason why I did so well. Um, other than that, I, I'm always trying to eliminate mistakes and 
learn from my mistakes. I've talked about Pookie before. I'm not going to make that mistake again. And I guess that's what I've pretty much done good is uh, eliminating some mistakes, making fewer bad transfers, uh, messing up my bench uh, and who I'm going to bench, who I'm going to start. Uh, a little less than before. I still messed it up a bit this season. I had Zeus, <laughs> a couple of Zeus going on my bench for too much, uh, really. But uh, uh, other than that, just eliminating mistakes and learning from your mistakes. And uh, I guess I've learned some from some of my mistakes. But uh, looking at the FPL review, uh, it gives me, with my play this season, it gives me a 40% chance of getting into the top 10K. So it's uh, it's really important to um, underline that uh, most of it was luck. Well, you mentioned Pookie a couple of times now, but say Pookie got you a hat-trick when you captained him, would you have <laughs> still seen it as a mistake? Yeah, it was still a mistake because the decision-making was just off. It was like uh, you other guys talked about. I was having a poor season last season and I was trying to force it. I was trying to make something happen. Like I... Like I can sit there in Norway and make Pukki score a goal. It's it's not, it, it doesn't work that way. I was trying to be clever, trying to catch up, trying to do something magical. And at least for me, I'm I'm not smarter than the odds market. I'm not smarter than the underlying stats, and I'm not smarter than most people. So I I, I think it's better for me to just go with go with what's more likely to happen. Oh, that's a shame because I, I still think I'm a genius for going Pookie for his hat trick when I captained him, but maybe <laughs> maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. Yeah. Um, so we've got a question on on Twitter from FPL Rodney, who's asking best and worst transfers of the season. So should we start with you, Ross? Um, what was sure. your best transfer and what was your your worst? Um, well, I I think my best transfer was bringing in Lingard right at the very start. Um. But my most favourable transfer was bringing in Bale in game week 34 for his 21 points. I think that's nice. what this, this stuff dreams are made of, yeah. uh, those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad at all. Um, what about yourself, Jeremy? Um, do, you, do you know your best and worst transfers this season? Um, I, can't, I, I, I did kind of drop on Lingard at the start of his, his nice little run. So that was that was a good move. And it's nice owning a player. And they're not that good for them. Everyone's oh, I've put I've put Lingard in this week, and you know oh, I've had him I've had him two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing, you know, and that feels quite good. Worst transfer, uh, probably Kane. Kane just did nothing for me at all, nothing at all. Oh wow, you must have got him at a really bad time then. Yeah, later on. Yeah, uh, I kind of didn't jump on the bandwagon thing. I sort of, I had him at the wrong time. It's not early on in the season. I didn't have him early on. <laughs> And I kind of missed that boat, and then, oh, yeah. Yeah, timing. <laughs> the season was awful. Timing's everything with that. I mean, I, yeah. I dislike Calvert-Lewin for the same reason. But. <laughs> oh, yeah, Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, I kind of had him at a good time there, Calvert-Lewin. I, I jumped off him when he, when he hit his bad form, and that was okay, so I didn't mind. Nice. Um, what about yourself, Iceman? Um, I think my best transfer was probably an easy one, which was obvious. It was Gundogan. I got him in as soon as I thought he was uh, going to continue his run, and then he just did. Uh, my worst ones, I've got a few, but I'm only going to list one. Uh, actually, no, maybe two. The ZH transfer, and probably the same one that Stefan did, Podence. Uh, I believed in that in the end, and I didn't think that was a good one in the end. So, yeah, those two were... Terrible, especially the ZH one. Maybe I'll go with the ZH one. And Josh, 
I'd say my best one um, was actually on Game Week 2 wildcard, if I can include that, which was Dallas, because just, you know, a whole leap of faith really on him. I, th- I, was, I wasn't going off anything apart from that. I thought he had the potential to be a bit of a Lundstrom this season, and he ha- and he did. Um, so that was great. And um, worst, I would go Game Week 9 when everyone bought in Bruno and captained him at home to West Brom and they won 1-0 when he scored a penalty. I went for Mane and captained him when Salah had coronavirus because... Mane has also got a great record without Salah, as Salah has without Mane, but he blanked at home to Leicester in a 3-0 win, and it was pretty tough to take. Nice. Um, what about yourself, Stefan? You must have a few. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first transfer was uh, easily pulled in, I think. I fell into the, the hype, and, uh, and maybe the, for the last time, I hope. Next time, I won't fall into the hype. I will at least wait one more game week before I bring him in. But here's my worst transfer, and the best transfer I think was uh, John Stones. Got uh, maybe I read Pep right, but uh, I got on him well very early, and he gave me lots of points. So that brace uh, he also got was pretty pretty amazing. And the, the luckiest transfer was uh, Chris Wood for his uh, for his hat trick, I think, <laughs> or his 20 pointer. Was, that was more luck than anything else. But I would would have been happy with the goal. But uh, John Stones is uh, is pretty good and. Of course, I got on Lingard early, but uh, the best one, John Stones, trying to do the pep thing and get it right is uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Nice. Um, I'm struggling for a best one for myself. I've got Kane. Uh, I started with him game week one. I know it's not even technically a transfer, but I mean, really, I think he's the only thing I got right this season. <laughs> um, worst, I, I mean, I can't choose. Sterling stung me many times. I. The, I remember the free hitting. I squeezed him in last minute, and he was benched and got minus one points. Removing Trent annoyed me. Abamian got malaria. Mane, I captained. He got zero points in my team before I had to remove. And Rafinha, he actually, I went for him over Suchek. So I know Rafinha came became a very popular pick, but he annoyed me as well. So they're my best <laughs> and lots of worse, lots That's of worse. Best, yeah, <laughs> you've been unlucky this season, Rich, have you? That... I mean, I was a 0.5% we <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I challenge any of you to go through my team and find the best transfer. Like, <laughs> if, if you can do that, good I'll luck. I'll give it a go, I'll tell you. Jota. Jota's oh, yeah, actually, first yeah. time when he, when he signed for Liverpool, you brought him in really early, he did well. And the second time I got him. And the second time. You were, you, were good. Yeah. You, were hot. you were You got on Jota both times at the right, at the right point. There we go. Thank you. Oh, this this isn't the rich you. show. We don't have to yeah. big him up, though. Really. Okay. Yeah, I got Jota. Well done, me. Um, so, <laughs> Colm has asked us a, a question on Twitter. Is the FPL surgery presenter curse just coincidental variants or anti-skill? What do you reckon, James? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Definitely it's uh, anti-skill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, why did you, I mean, you as well, Stefan, um, I mean, obviously you've got a great record, but did struggle last season. Was it actually being, you know, doing these pods or? Yeah, I think it, some of it was it because I, I, mem- uh, I remember James asked me early on in the season if I was going to step in some somewhere in the season and from that point on i felt like okay i need to do well i need to do well i need to do well i cannot come on the pod now and do the bad <laughs> after after i've been doing well for a couple of seasons so uh, i think that got to me a bit i think i 
got stressed out a bit too more. It's stressful enough already this game, but uh, it's easier to just do your transfer and not have to talk about it or defend it or and, and just do what you think is right. Uh, no more fuss. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't help at least to be to be at least feel that you have to do well and feel that you have to justify everything and allow yourself to even make a bad transfer. And if you make a bad transfer, okay, you you made it, you can rectify it and you don't have to double down or something like that. I remember I doubled down on the Liverpool defense when I was on in the in the autumn now and uh, in hindsight, uh, Liverpool defense got much, much worse than I could imagine. So uh, again, I, I, I came on the pot to double down on something and uh, it's not uh, it's not the best thing to do. It's better to just stay flexible, uh, I think. So and not get keep, get that much pressure or put pressure on yourself. I'm not sure people even believe you should do well when you're on the pod, but I think uh, you might put pressure on yourself, and that's uh, that's not a good thing. Yeah, something I had to change quite early on was the first few episodes we recorded. I was thinking I was trying to work out my transfers before we recorded because I didn't want to like lie. And then I remember speaking to Josh after a couple of weeks and he was just like, oh, I just, you know, he hadn't made his mind up when we recorded. He decided when he changed his mind, basically, whereas I felt like I had to do what I said. And often that was recorded on like a Monday for like a Saturday, Saturday game week. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it's a curse next season. Um, and also, James, you did really well. You had those three amazing seasons, didn't you? So yeah, yeah when I, when I yeah. first started recording the pod, I had a terrible year, but then the year after that, when I was getting into it a bit more, I had three really good seasons and then uh, two really bad ones. But, you know, you had three in a, you had, three, you had three in a row, though, that were really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember thinking you were maybe one of the greatest FPL players of all time. Not so. anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a question from Jeff Holt. Congratulations, Stefan, for winning the Content Providers League. How did you do it and does it feel? DM me a postal address and I'll get my vintage memorabilia prize to you. I know you will love it. Um, so I guess, I guess that's quite similar to what you've already said, Stefan. And we won't ask you to say your address on the podcast. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll you find much. him in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could just add one more thing uh, since he's asking and what you talked about earlier on. Uh, with regards to Podence, I remember I sold Sushek for Podence. And I rectified that mistake pretty early on. So I, I went back to Sushek. I didn't get stubborn or double down. I wasn't on the pod or get stubborn like James talked about. And the same with Lingard. I sold him on the wildcard for the one. And I think that sale was pretty, except for the Leicester game, I think Lingard was pretty mediocre. But uh, when Neto got injured, I just took a hit and went back to Lingard thinking. Uh, and then it had done the Leicester thing. But uh, I went back on it and just fixed my mistake, uh, if you can call it a mistake. And uh, I guess that's something. Put put your ego out of it. I maybe might might have been able to do that a bit more this season. I love how few mistakes you made this season. You're really concentrating on potence. Like I could write a like a book <laughs> on all my mistakes, and you've just got this one that's still annoying you from like I September. Made more. I, I made lots lots more, but they're maybe a bit more subtle. But uh, I'm annoyed about them anyways. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, not awesome about that, but. <laughs> um, and a lot of us fell for Podence. I remember when he nutmegged KDB, we all thought he was going to be yeah. like... Rid- <laughs> One nutmeg and everyone buys him. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not enough to buy him. <laughs> so but I remember that, that nutmeg was great. 
Yeah, I think everyone remembers it, and that's that was a big reason a lot of people signed him. So you, you weren't you weren't alone there. I remember that assist that he wasn't given in game week eight. That's still playing on my mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Calvert Lewin's got a few dodgy ones. The Bruno one, I guess we won't even mention that again. Mm. Um, I was actually quite glad that um, so the Ola who was top. I'm glad it wasn't the Bruno assist that cost him winning oh, the whole thing. Can you thing. imagine? Yeah, because that I mean that it was only three points in the end, but I mean imagine losing it because of that. That would have been disgusting but we've got a question from mark how do you deal with profound regret in fpl is top 100k the new 10k with over 8 million players how many seasons do you have to go back when less people played the game for a top 10k finish back then to be the equivalent of a 100k finish this season so sh- should we start with you with you jeremy i mean what do you think's like a you know is a top 100k the new top 10k oh, oh possibly i mean <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I wish I could get that far. I wish yeah. I was like with FPL to be to be in the top hundred. I've done it once, I think. Do you know what I think? Tops like seven fifty k is the new ten k. I don't know yeah. about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you reckon, Ross? Um. Well, I mean, if you if you go back ten years, then there would only be about twenty thousand people playing, right? Not twenty thousand. I mean, two million. Um. So the top percentage, the top one percent is is twenty thousand, whereas the top one percent now is eighty thousand. But then you got players that are more more into the game, and you've got kind of more of a loyal following of FPL players. So the competition to get up to that top one percent is even tougher now as well. So I would be probably inclined to say that yeah, the top ten k is more like the top like 50k at least maybe 80k um i, I it, don't know if it's uh i don't think you can actually you know calculate that i don't think it's calculatable of how it was to get into the top 10k like you know it's really hard because you can't you know you can't judge how many people were playing that whole year or how you know in depth people have gone and how much content creators the game's got harder i think it's not easy to judge but you know, the game has got harder because of the amount of content that's out there um and how i deal with profound regret i forget about fpl i do something else so i've got other hobbies i just forget about it that's yeah. kind of how i deal with it i think it's info um like you just mentioned about content i think it's about for me it's not the number of players necessarily because you know, you, you you back yourself against other people. It's more that, you know, that that you know, fantasy Premier League are, mess, are, are posting on Twitter about what about this differential this week? Or <laughs> yeah. did you know that Aston Villa have got a double game week? And you're like, yeah, cheers guys. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? They're, they're spoon feeding the casuals essentially. And I think that you know, back in the days when there was two two and a half million players, it was the ones that you know, did the research, looked at the stats, listened to, you know, Scoutcast, mm. the one FPL podcast that there was, or, or um, you know, or, or, or watch Match of the Day or watch live games. They were the ones that, that you know, um, it, it paid dividends for. And I think that now, you know, weirdly enough, our research is done for us. Mm. Yeah, Everybody's also- getting spoon-fed, isn't they, at the moment? Yeah. But I don't know. Go on. I was just going to say, it's, it's interesting because you can't even look at points. Like I was looking back through, because a lot of people said this is the record season for points. 
But then FPL Irons made a really good point on on Twitter that normally in a, you know, if we had 38 single game weeks, you'd be able to field 423 players. But because of the large number of triple game weeks, double game weeks this season, you could have actually fielded 506 players. So 20% more than you normally would. And I even looked at my points and I actually looked at my points from my first season. I got 2,278. That was enough for a 2K finish. The next season, I got the same number of points, but finished 115K. So I don't even think you could look at points to see, you know, how if the game's getting harder, etc. Um, but I mean, Stefan, obviously you finish very high. But if you were honest with yourself, where would you like, what finish would you have been like content with, like slightly happy? Slightly happy in the 10K. I think uh, okay. anything outside 10K, I, I can't fool myself. I would have been disappointed. And last season I was very disappointed. And I think it's harder. And I think you need to get a bit lucky to get into the 10K. Uh, I think it was something like 75% of this season's 10K has never been in the 10K before. And I think that's pretty normal for a season that uh, only 25% of the 10K has been there before or something like that. So, of course, it's harder, but uh, I still think uh, I, I will never be happy with a 50k finish or a 100k finish or something like that. Uh, it just it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. And without how I deal with profound regret is pretty much I, I don't sleep. I struggle with uh, falling asleep. It's a churning in my mind. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? I, I, I thought it was moaning that? to me is what... Uh... Yeah, it, it helps to go <laughs> out in nature. Yeah, yeah, it helps to go out in nature though. Nature is a, it's a good thing. When you're I, I was worried about you, I was worried about you in game week 37 because I know you were talking about before that game whether you needed to get Bruno back in or not. So when he was given yeah. that assist and I checked your team, <laughs> I was like, oh no, hope Stefan's alright. <laughs> that was that turned out good, and I didn't lose any middle leagues because of it. So that's okay. He that's didn't get the assist, but uh, it it was a strange situation. <laughs> we've got another I think, question I think, yeah, yeah, I think you need to find your own goal really when, you're, when you have been up and you, you spend this much time as I do on this game uh, being okay with say 20k it doesn't make sense because then I would why would I spend so much time on it so mm. I but if, I you're, agree. if you're yeah, if you're playing much more for fun and taking a few pumps and having fun maybe 50k is an awesome season it's uh, pretty much all Depending on how much investment you put in it and how uh, how how you feel about the game. I think top 10k is still the top 10k in my opinion, but I do also think that it's relative to what you have done in the past. And I think that you know if there's people that has only been playing the game for a season or two or three or or they haven't ever finished in the top 100k, then yeah, top 100k finish is going to feel great for them. But it's also about well, if you finished in the top 10k before, then you know we all want what better than what we've had in the past. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, Stefan is going to obviously struggle to beat this season next season, but he's going to give it a good damn good go. But like Mark, Mark from Blackbox, he he said he he wasn't satisfied unless he got 1k, I think. So yeah, he, he even took the differential captain now to maybe squeeze into the top 1k, and it just goes to show that. Yeah. everyone's target is, is different. Yeah. Like Josh said, it is all relative because I remember, th- I mean, I'm really upset I finished 750 this season, 750k but I remember the end of last season I finished 24k and I remember being quite angry about it yeah. just because I wanted to add to my 10k list. As, gre- as greedy as that sounds, 
that was that's like how my, I felt. But when you when you've had a really really good you know finish like I've you know finishing the uh, top top 5k like four times and there's and there's a I finished 516th once although it was a long time ago I'd want for to feel incredible I'd want it to be my best finish ever I think that's the only thing that can make you feel like wow what a season and but equally you know you'd think well surely you'd have been happy with two or three k this season yeah of course I would but your best season ever is surely the only thing that is going to be the ultimate feeling we have a question uh, from mark again so how much will sterling be next season when roughly can we expect the game to launch if the season kicks off in august and did being out of the public eye help stefan this season so we answered the public eye question so let's um i mean sterling if we start with you ross how much would you say sterling will be (laughs) um i'd probably say about six million based on uh, his form from oh, this wow. season the foden price <laughs> i mean if if i was to choose between foden and sterling i'm pretty sure i'd choose foden every day um i, I don't know uh, the fpl game puts a lot of emphasis on historical like data and so i think he will be i think he will be 9.5 maybe he should be he won't be no he'll be more like 10 10.5 i reckon the season before last kdb was priced at 9.5 right i think that was because of injury though mm. i think it was the previous season to last season he he got Sterling's done better than people think he barely played yeah again it's because of minutes isn't it he's played a lot of minutes it's, uh, you know, appearance points are undervalued. <laughs> I think they're dropping. I think he might go back to the 9, 9.5 value just because of minutes. I mean, it's been quite clear at the end of the season he's getting reduced minutes. I mean, Jeremy, what, what do you think if you had to price Sterling up for, for the official game? Yeah, I think he's going to be like a Sun price, 9.5. Yeah, I think that may, I think that would make sense because otherwise no one's going to buy him. It's a bit like when Mane, uh, obviously not many people went for Mane because he was quite highly priced. Although, I mean, maybe that last game has helped him out a bit. I guess the interesting one would be a Bamiyang as well. Yeah, I was going to say that. clearly overpriced. What do you reckon, Stefan? Mm-hmm. Uh, g- given that Mares has, uh, uh, is in the first team and Sterling has dropped out of the first team, I think Mares and Sterling maybe should be the same price at least. Because uh, St- Sterling, I don't think yeah. he's gonna, he will start the Champions League final, and he's pretty much out of the first eleven, and has been for a while. Morris was eight point five, wasn't he? Yeah, maybe nine point five for both. Seems reasonable. Yeah, 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 I see that. Yeah, it would make sense because it does look like Foden and Mares are going to be the nailed-on starters for next year. Although mm. with Pep, it's it's hard oh, to be. Oh, Foden and nailed on? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> maybe maybe when he turns 28 or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see what happens in the Euros, I guess, because if he has a big performance there, mm. <laughs> he's going to need rest. You know, Pep. He's a, oh, he's tired. He's still young. Yeah. <laughs> um, Awesome. No, but thank you everyone for all the questions this week. And we've got some feedback from Fair Leyburn, who says, I love it. I was a big fan already and he knows I kind of like him. Great combo. I'm going to have a big time with you guys. Best of luck. Notifications on. Good luck on the final day. So obviously that's to do with Dave, who's going to be replacing Josh um, for next season. So really, really looking forward to that. Um, Now, Josh, for the final time, do you want to go through the, the podcast leagues? 
Yeah, so the FBL Surgery Podcast League, um, finishing in fifth was Henry Powell. Fourth was Sean Dunlop. Third was Owen Paris. Second was Stefan, Stefan Horgrath. And uh, first, uh, pipping Stefan on the final day is Vegard Knutson. And then the FPL Surgery Patreon League, uh, fifth was Matthew Greco. Fourth is Mikhail Van Harlem. Third is Alex Ball. Uh, second is Mark Mansfield, and first is Robert Uninger. Nice, so and Robert's congratulations, getting, yeah. And Robert's got a prize, I believe. James, I've already, sent, oh yeah, I've already sent the hundred pounds. So well done, Robert. Nice, well uh, done, Robert. You should have that in your PayPal already. Yeah, very, very, very impressive season there. Um, now, just obviously, we want to mention very quickly our, our partner chat. So we've got Mikkel Topram's algorithm. You can access that at Patreon.com/forward/slash/transfer/algorithm. We're partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign-up code at Surgery15 in capital letters. Just go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk. You can sign up there for 15% off. Just use the code Surgery15. And of course, we are partnered with FPL Doodles. So that's at FPL Doodles1 on Twitter, and he does the artwork for the pod release tweet every week. So Doodles, I just want to thank you, um, obviously, for doing all, all the artwork for every tweet we send out um you know it's much appreciated and you do a lot of other commissions don't you for for people yeah i do loads i've missed a couple though i've josh josh sometimes messaged me saying where's the artwork (laughs) and then i log on log on see the tweet oh god i missed the the deadline so yeah it's uh, yeah i'm doing i'm I'm not always just doing fpl so people contact me outside of football world for Family portraits and I don't know, all sorts, all sorts of stuff. Any sort of request, really. So it's not just football and FPL stuff; it's all sorts. But um, I, I love to do the doodles. I just, I just have fun doing that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and don't don't worry about missing messages from Josh because I mean we're we're recording all over the place this season. Like I've yeah. almost forgot a couple of pods myself. So <laughs> and sometimes when we record on a Monday at six, it's like God, you you come into a Monday morning after a weekend and you're like completely forget that you're podding that day. So um, well, no, I, thanks for everything, Jeremy. You've I'm, been you've been really really great and really really reliable. Yeah, I really appreciate you. Really really appreciate your support as well for the with the doodles. Especially when James first asked me to do, it was really great, real honour. I used to do an individual drawing for each uh, show, which was kind of... <laughs> Painstaking. <laughs> yeah, it could be, yeah. Sure, Some yeah. peculiar drawings used to go out there, didn't they? So. Oh, they're all good. All good. Yeah, I, I like the one of Stefan, which was in that famous... Uh, I, I didn't know it was famous. It was like somewhere in Norway, like uh, yeah, Two Rocks yeah, or something. I think it was called... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> you looked a bit like Pierre Luigi Colina in that one. I thought. <laughs> yeah, too bold, too bold. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And um, Ross, you've yes. obviously launched your website now, haven't you? And you've obviously have indeed. Yeah, we've had an amazing response um, since the season's ended. It's just been. Um, so many um orders flying in and people wanting mugs it's been um it's been overwhelming and uh yeah really really appreciative of the community to kind of to to like like the mugs yeah no it's brilliant and the people can go is it fplmerch.com yeah fplmerch.com uh and yeah thanks as well for um providing me with such a good platform to 
to spread the word as well on this pod this season. Uh, yeah, I've really appreciated it from you all. Yeah, no, we've we've really appreciated your support as well, both both of you. Um, really, really appreciated. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, cheers. Um, and James, I believe you wanted to say something. Is is that right? Before we yeah. move on to this ludicrous rap. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Who's gonna do that? Uh, so uh, uh, if you tune out, if you're not interested in listening to a load of thank yous, I just want to take the moment to thank all of our great guests that we've had on. I know you guys thank them each and every week, uh, which uh, Rich each likes to say week. each and every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we we do really appreciate your time and efforts of coming on. So thank you to everyone who, who's come on. Uh, I'd also like to thank all of our patrons. They are pinnacle to us keeping going on on this pod and you truly are the best people thank you to alan who couldn't be here today uh, he was working um yeah doctor's got work uh who produces the stats nearly every week so thank you to him especially with this grueling season so many games uh mikhail tokvam uh, for his sponsor and his brilliant algorithm which pipped josh at the last moment four points sorry josh had to mention that one uh, again thank you to ross for your sponsorship really appreciate that all season ross has been great having you on board and your um, products are awesome I love the new uh, site Uh, thank you to Doodles as well excellent Doodles you produce and you have produced for us over the years and it's it's good to have you out there and people enjoying your work Stefan as well for his team planner that the Slack users use Uh, that's been very valuable towards the end of the season for me especially so thank you to, to you and of course thank you to the two main men who took over for myself and Stefan and and have done such a sterling job turned up every week week in week out never cancelled at the last minute i had some of the original hosts do that from time to time so it's always a good feeling that you guys have always turned up given your best never moaned about how much work is involved in doing it because there is a lot of work involved and i've enjoyed every minute of listening to you guys especially the outtakes so rich and josh i thank you for all you've done this season yeah, no, thank you for trusting us. Um, yeah, I, I don't like the st- sterling work though. I'd rather like Foden work. Um, Foden. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be associated with sterling. And then also a goodbye to Josh and thank you uh, for again for this year. And I hope it all goes well. Looking forward to seeing you on next season as a guest as well. And looking forward to seeing you and Dave, what you have in store for next season with your YouTube, new graphics, etc. Uh, there's a lot going around that, so it's all going to be exciting stuff. Yeah, we've agreed to do a lot more work next season. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, and I didn't realise how much work it was going to be, but mm. you know, I do enjoy doing it. So we're going to keep, you know, keep doing that. Hopefully, a lot more Patreon stuff as well. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, you just mentioned YouTube as well. So yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. still be doing the podcast as normal. It will be exactly the same podcast. We're just going to have the option because so many people were like, "Why aren't you putting this on YouTube?" So we thought if we're going to put it on YouTube, you know, we'd do it properly do it during the off season so we can spend a bit of time testing etc um but yeah it should be should be a lot of fun hopefully yeah. there's no technical issues with it yeah i'm sure dave's got it sorted <laughs> yeah yeah dave's the genius there um <laughs> but so the, the ludicrous rap um this is something that you wanted to do james this was something obviously you put on the podcast last season i was going to choose josh then I was going to choose you because Josh said I was going to choose him. <laughs> so I thought I'd ask. Jay was has messaged me on Slack. So I asked him to make the decision for me. Oh, yeah. And he chose Josh. Brilliant. <laughs> what was the reason? Uh, he said, got to be Josh. It's his going away hazing. 
Yeah, for leaving, yeah. for leaving, Josh's forfeit yeah. is to read the lyrics. From... I, I didn't want to make a decision though, because obviously I've I've enjoyed recording with you every week, mate. So I didn't want to be the person to say this. So I've delegated it to J Ros. <laughs> reading or uh, or rapping? Oh my, James. Um, I'll, I'll go for a rap. You can rap. Yeah, go for a it's rap. It's got to be a rap. I'm going to yeah. try and do it in 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 as ludicrousy style as I can. <laughs> Mate, you're so word. Yeah. No, I won't. I won't. I can't. I can't pull that sort of stuff off. Right, ready? Ready. I wanna li- 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 lick you from your head to your toes, and I wanna move from the bed down down to the floor, and I wanna ah ah. You make so good, I don't wanna leave, and I gotta no what's your fantasy? That was actually really good. That was really good. I quite enjoyed it. I feel bad. I thought you were gonna say no. Wow. No, it's mate, God, man. blimey! I've done way worse, way worse stuff than that, mate. <laughs> Stag do's and weekends. Oh, I'm gonna miss you more than before, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I could have done a weekly rap, mate. You know, so uh, it'd have been a segment of the pod. Missed out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Josh, I mean, do you have any? I don't want those to be your final words on the pod. So, if you have any <laughs> other other words you want to say, um, feel free. Just want to say thanks so much to uh, to James uh, for Iceman James uh, for the opportunity. Um, it's been incredible to obviously co-host my favourite podcast. Um, thanks again to you, Rich, uh, for being such a great person to do it with and experience it with, and um, you know for being well so equally reliable um, to you know turn up every week and. Um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been great fun. Um, so obviously it's all our guests um, that everyone that, that James really thanked really. Um, it's been a massive part of the pod, um, and and obviously most importantly the listeners because if no one listened there'd be no point in doing it. Hmm. So uh, yeah, thank you to everyone. It's been really really good. Really enjoyed it, and um, yeah, I'll look forward to as I said uh, guesting next season. And um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to watching the surgery on YouTube. It's going to be obviously a really really different experience but one that's really exciting to uh to watch yeah and i mean i guess i can't say it enough with the guests you know the guests are you know what makes made this show easier to do like taking over from obviously from iceman and stefan so all the guests like including yourself now stefan jeremy ross um i'm gonna have to tweet the list of guests we've had this season because there's been a lot but yeah it's been brilliant um, so if you'd like to support the podcast you can find that at patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery um, I think we mentioned it the other week but there'd be no charge during the summer so you can join free for the next couple of months uh, you can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter at FPL surgery subscribe on iTunes and please rate the podcast five stars that would really help and you can email us fplsurgerypodcast at gmail.com now we just have to work out what order we set up the pod in go together <laughs> Go for it. All together. All right. Two, one, two, three. One, two, three. Oh, the ball. Nice. Oh, that went well. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. How long was it, Rich? That was fucking hours. Yeah. (laughs) I wanna li- 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 lick you from your head to your toes, and I wanna move from the bed down down to the floor, and I wanna ah ah, you make so good I don't wanna leave, and I gotta no 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 no, what's your fantasy? <laughs> <laughs>